I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 118 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hammer that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have a special Frogman Friday episode for you today. My guest is a first-class father who served 12 years as a U.S. Navy SEAL, including time with the Elite SEAL Team 6. I cannot express how honored I am to have the opportunity to speak with men of this caliber. Dom Rosso will be here with me in just a minute, so please stick around for the interview. And please keep it locked into First Class Fatherhood for next week. I'm going to hit you guys with five episodes. Each one of them is a banger. I'm going to be joined by retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, former NFL fullback and Super Bowl champion Heath Evans, real estate magnate Andy Dane Carter. I'm telling you guys, I am overwhelmed and extremely grateful for all these wonderful dads who are joining me to talk about fatherhood, celebrate family life. The podcast is accelerating, and I owe that all to you listeners out there. The word is getting out about first-class fatherhood, and if you have a chance, guys, please drop me a rating or a review over on iTunes. I would love to see us back at the number one spot on the charts over there. On the home front here for me, I have been invited by my son's school to come and help the seventh graders with a podcasting contest, Uh, so I'm very flattered by that, and I'm excited for the opportunity. I'm still learning the ropes of this whole podcasting game, and sometimes explaining things to others helps make things more clear for me, so I'm looking forward to the opportunity uh, of listening to these kids because, let's face it, uh, kids have a wonderful imagination. They come up with some great ideas. So I'm hoping to learn something and share as well. And I will keep you posted on the process as I go along with it. All right. So I have a great guest to get to here. You guys know how much I love and admire the Navy SEALs. They are badass. And I'll tell you what else is badass. NFW Watches and their owner, George Fox, is a badass with a big heart. He helps out so many veteran organizations. One of his ambassadors, in fact, is a first-class father and former frogman who was a guest here on the podcast, Ray care. I mean, you got to check out this collection of watches, especially the Valor collection. You get an awesome watch at an excellent price. And when you use my promo code, the price is even better. You go to nfwonline.com, use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. You're going to save 15% off your entire order. You get free domestic shipping. And 50 bucks, guys, of your order goes to Honor Flight, which is helping out our World War II veterans. I mean, they're first-class watches made by a first-class father. So get over there, check them out, see what I'm talking about, nfwonline.com. Use the promo code FATHER. All right, so here comes a quick spot, and I'll be right back on the other side with Frogman Dom Rosso. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Today's interview is being brought to you by SeatGeek. Get on over to SeatGeek.com and First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save $20 off your ticket purchase by using my promo code First class, that's one word, first class, you're going to save $20 off your tickets. Get over to SeatGeek.com or download their app today. Use the promo code at the checkout, first class, and you're saving 20 bucks. 
All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a combat veteran who served 12 years with the elite U.S. Navy SEAL teams, including time with the Ultimate Fighting Force SEAL Team 6. He is a warrior for Christ and an all-American hero. It is my honor to say, Dom Rosso, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, man. It's great to be on. All right, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So I have four kids, and obviously that's become quickly the most important thing in my life. They are, I have a boy, girl, boy, girl. That's the order we have them in. So my oldest is nine. I have a daughter that's six, and I have a son that's two, and then I have another daughter that was born not too long ago. She's six months. Wow, congratulations on the new one. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing in the world to do, to be with them. You know, you quickly realize as a father that, there is no more important job than raising good people in the world, you know, and you see it's your opportunity to make the world such a better place, you know, and I always reflect on, especially lately, is, is the quote from Mother Teresa. She's like, if you really want to change the world, go home and love your family. And there's no better statement than, than really embracing the fact that you have right there at your fingertips the opportunity to change the world. And so many people miss that and they think that, you know, they leave the house and they're busy, and that's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you see my lifestyle. It's I, I want to make an impact in so many different areas that God's calling me to, but at the end of the day, your biggest impact and your biggest opportunity is to set the foundation for those little people that are going to become leaders on their own. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Dom. What type of sports or activities are the kids into? You know, it's funny. Uh, lately, you know, one of the biggest things is people want to ask, like, what, what sports do your kid play? And I didn't actually grow up at that early of an age getting into sports. You know, it seems like a cookie-cutter thing to do, and no offense to any parents that, you know, take that very seriously, but it seems like a very cookie-cutter thing for our culture, like grab them, put them into a sport, grab them, put them into school, grab them, put them into college, and it's like this, our culture kind of says that it's supposed to be this way. And I think sports are great, but I also think that there's a very, very, very real awareness that parents have to have about dropping your kids off with somebody that has views that aren't aligned with the way that you see their future. And one comment, one statement, one experience can change a kid's life forever. I know it from personal experience. We all do. I mean, nobody, nobody can sit here and lie and say that they haven't had something from a young age affect their whole thought process forever. And I think it's important to be – that's more important to me than just being like, hey, uh, he's not in a sport. I've got to get him into football or something. So – for me, to answer the question is that I take them with me to work. I train them every week on combatives, awareness. You know, we're very, very active. We get out of the house. We go to the beach. We're in the water. Uh, we're swimming. We're working out together as a family. We're playing football. I mean, we are active. But I'm very, very careful about who I send my children to to guide them and to lead them on a daily basis. So that is very important to me. And I've just seen some damaging things happen to kids. So that kind of triggered that, that, that answer to make sure I, I brought that up because I think that parents have to have an awareness. You have to be very, very – I would vet people that you, your kids are hanging around with to the nth degree to make sure that you're not exposing them to something that is going to change their life forever. 
Yeah, I think that's important what you're saying there, Dom. It seems like today we try to simulate the scenarios for our kids. I've fallen into that trap myself. I had my kids uh, playing soccer at four years of age. And, and when I was a kid, you know, we just played with the other kids in the neighborhoods. We didn't have coaches or parents or refs. The older kids kind of watched out for the younger kids. And instead of allowing our kids to do that, we kind of simulate it as we do with their friends. We organize their play dates and all that. So uh, it's definitely uh, a different atmosphere. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean... Again, I'm taking a very holistic and, and organic approach. I mean, we homeschool. I mean, our approach is much, much, much different than most people. And I would challenge everybody to to make sure that they're putting that as a priority and making really good decisions with their kids. And all those things that we try to recreate, <clears throat> you know, I've learned a lot from my son because nobody writes a book for your life and how your circumstances are supposed to uh, be a father. You know, you nobody hands you that. So you have to figure it out along the way. And I've seen things in my son that I tried to implement early on. You know, I'm a Navy SEAL. I've been friggin' hunting bad guys my whole career. And I got out, and I know the evil in the world. I know the circumstances, and I know the consequences. So right away, right out of the womb, I was like, all right, I got to be hard on him. I got to make sure that he's doing the right things. And, you know, he is going to be better for all those, but I've also seen things that I tried to implement at an early age that didn't come to fruition. I was like, oh, I put a lot of effort here, but it didn't click like I thought it was. Why? Because he didn't have the discernment or the reasoning to understand right from wrong at certain points in his life. You know, one of the examples I always talk about is, you know, firearm safety. When do you teach your kid about firearm safety? Well, I'm telling you right now, there's no age on that. There's no, there's no age on anything in life. It's just a number, and you have to make sure that they have the capacity and the discernment to know what is what. If they can't connect reality or know the why behind what they're doing and learning, then it's not going to be as effective. And that, that goes with anything that you do. Firearms, right from wrong, interacting with people, making decisions, communication. If, they can, if you can't see that they're getting the why, then they're not ready to push the limits on that specific subject. So, you know, we, every kid is going to be different, and everybody's got their own unique aspect to them, and I've learned that a lot too. I mean, they do get a lot from us, but I also think it's, it's important to assess as they go, and as they, as they develop, you find different areas to push them. I mean, we always have guidelines that we have as innate as human beings, but at the same time, you know, I think assessing them as they, as they go along and they grow is very important. I mean, trust me, I push my kids, I challenge my kids every step of the way. Uh, there's, there's different phases right now, like there's different points that I'm really working on, and when they're this young, I really like to grab on the one thing until I see that starting to come to an effect. Like right now, my son and I are working on trust. And little kids like to lie about little things. You know, they like to just kind of manipulate the truth and, and throw it out there. And I'm trying to make him understand how important the trust between a father and a son and just the family in general is. And he'll throw out these little white lies. So right now, I'm very, very hyper-focused on making sure every day we make one step forward with that trust. And and last night it was perfect. I walked in and I was like, all right, buddy, he's asking me if I come, he's coming to work with me tomorrow, which is today. And I was like, all right, well, let me walk through all the things. Did you read your honor code in the morning? Yes. Did you crush your schoolwork? Yes. Did you help mommy? Yes. Did you help your sister? Yes. Did you work on your attitude? Yes. I was like, did you work out? He's like, well, you know, I kind of didn't work out, but you know what? I did some more push-ups after you left. He's like, you know, you know what? I, I didn't do push-ups, and you know what? I'm starting to lie. I'm sorry. And I was like, boom, win, celebration, awesome, high-five, gave him a hug. I was like, that's what I'm talking about right there. You caught yourself, 
and in the moment you were able to redirect your energy to do the right thing. I mean, talk about like being a happy father. I was like, those are the small moments, and I really do believe that being a better father in the relationship with your family is one in those small moments, and that was a victory for us. So really honing in on that one thing and pushing forward. But, you know, doing that with each one of the kids is what's really going to start driving and developing them in every way. Well said. Yeah, and that, that's amazing, Dom, to have them uh, watching their thoughts and paying attention to their intentions at such a young age. That's incredible. Um, please, Dom, take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and when fatherhood came into the picture for you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, fatherhood came into the picture for me at a young age. You know, I remember staring at my dad in the face. I'll never forget it. We were laying in the back of a car, staring up at the sky. You know, we were, uh, it was a day fishing out in the boat, long day, got done. We're at the marina, staring up the sky. And I remember just asking my dad, I was like, dad, I was like, how did, how how did you be such a good father? Like, what did you do to raise me? You know, because I want to do the same thing to my son, you know, and I remember reflecting on that, being like, I feel good in this moment about where I'm at with the relationship with my father. So I was like, how do I duplicate that? So even in that micro moment, for me, it was like things are going well, and there's, there's good, bad, and different challenges. And I remember wanting to take that and duplicate it. I mean, I must have been like eight or nine years old. But it started for me at an early age. I think my father had a huge influence into who I've become. And developing that along the way, I mean, my dad – did everything he could to make sure that he was there for me, which, you know, strengthened my ability to know that I wanted to become a SEAL one day. And and I was, I grew up across the street from one of my best friends. You know, we bet each other a hundred bucks that we were going to, whoever was a SEAL first would win. And we would hang out with each other, play cops, robbers, you know, manhunt, all that stuff, paintball. And it was a challenge for us. And we always did research on it. And we kind of grew up developing that idea. And I eventually turned into a teenager and I got lost and confused and hung out with the wrong people and I ran into some really tough challenges, got kicked out of both of my houses and I was in a really bad spot, man. I mean, I'm lucky I'm still here in some of the stuff that I that I was pulling and all of a sudden one day I got to the really low low and I snapped out of it and was like, what the heck am I doing? I got to follow my career and follow what I always wanted to do in my dream and I committed to it. I was all in that day. From there on out, I was 17 years old. I remember waking up and being like, I'm going, that's it. And I became a SEAL. I went through BUDS training. I crushed that. I went to SEAL Team 2. I went to Dev Group shortly after that. Uh, I was one of the youngest guys to check into my squadron uh, at the command. And, you know, it's been, a, it's been a very, very, very impactful and incredible journey that is hard to explain. But the things that I've been exposed to, the places I've traveled, the things that I've seen, and the people I've met along the way have just been pretty uh, amazing. And, and honestly, for me, I've always had a passion in the teams for making something better. And I really gravitated towards gear and equipment, which is why I own a gear and equipment company, uh, Dynamis Alliance and AdaptiveX, both equipment and apparel. And it's a passion for me to give people the best in the world. And, and I always connected with it because... For me, I had to make the best stuff in the world to make sure that everybody else's lives depended on it. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, let's just make something cool. No, every detail mattered because it could have been our lives. And then the other aspect of my career was being a sniper and then really embracing what low-vis combatives meant to me, you know, low-visibility operations and kind of being sneaky, fitting in, and understanding how to manipulate another human being so that you were effective in, you know, that low-vis combat. So any type of manipulation, blade work, pistol work, concealed work, like, it's just my life. It's what I do. It's what I think of all day. 
and then everything I do coincides with that. So there's a very real need for it out there, the way warfare is evolving. You know, I saw the gaps in my career, so seeing the gaps in my career, I knew if they were there, I could take those gaps and strengthen them even further with more focus and more dedication, which is ultimately how my companies have been born and how Dynamis Alliance got started with saying that I'm going to take these ideas, I'm going to put them into something that I can give to anybody that cares. Good people in the world, good fathers, good families, good people with good intentions and that are doing righteous and just things in the world, like, I want to help you. Like, I want you to be better. And that's my mission in life, you know. And I think it's kind of turned into something uh, much bigger than I thought it was going to. I'm refining every single day. And I'm on a mission to just get the edge. Every every morning I wake up, where do I find an edge? How do I make, make myself better? I've grown and evolved over the past several years more than, like, my wife looks at me every day and she's like, I, like, I never could have, thought that you would have got to where you are now, like just the changes that you've been making for the family to be a better dad, to be a better husband, you know, because I'm constantly challenging myself and questioning, like, is this the best that I can be? Is this the best that I can be for them and the people around me and and the people in the world? And if if the answer is no, you know, what did Steve Jobs say? If I see the same guy in the mirror over and over again for too long, I know something's going to change, you know, and and I'm, I'm the same way is that if I can find an edge, like I'm big into researching, you know, warrior history and faith, and obviously, you know, I'm a very, very strong Christian, and I'm a follower of, of Christ, and that's something that's transformed my life uh, now, which I'm like, we could get into that whole thing, but <laughs> that's very important to me, but I think my journey has been God-driven, no doubt, that I am here for a purpose, um, I've made an impact in the world that has been I'm extremely humbling, and I've just learned how to do that more and more every day because there's no more fulfillment in the world than helping others. And I think that it's given me the foundation to understand good and bad and evil and good in the world and just, you know, how to how to love people to an extreme that is just making the world a better place. And obviously everything, saying every bit of that, I've taken every bit of those experiences to try to give them to my children. You know, I could be gone tomorrow, so every opportunity that I have to interact with my kids, I try to give them these little tidbits and just the clarity of where life is going to go for them and what they're going to experience to give them a shield and to give them armor to walk into the world, to be good human beings, to love others, and to ultimately understand that, you know, they're they're being called to, to be warriors and leaders in the world too because there's the world needs more of them right now. Yeah, you have an amazing story, Dom, and I'm so glad that you and the other SEALs are out of the shadows and that the public uh, has some type of access to your mindsets and your character because it's just incredible what you guys are capable of. The material that you guys are putting out there is inspiring, and I wish more people uh, would be following guys like you because there is a ton of poisonous material on social media that can really uh, do damage to a young mindset. Um, I'm a man of faith myself. I'm a faith-based person, and, and I'm definitely an amateur when it comes to the Bible, but from what I've read, uh, it seems like in there, in order to aspire to greatness, you need to find a way to serve the many. And that's kind of something that I've just recently started my search to do, find out a way that I can become more of a servant to others. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's so crazy when you really think about it. When you, people, I, I have a message, a couple of messages this morning, like people are like, how, you know, how do you define success? How did you get so sex- successful? What's the key thing in success? And And I can't help but to think that I think everybody connects success with money. And the older I get, the more I realize how much BS that is because money has little to no value in our character and our happiness. And 
the, the impact that we can have in the world and the turnaround that we have with understanding really building true character into giving that to other people is like there is no better uh, valuable thing in the world. And I think that when you talk about faith, and that's why I said, you know, I see people broken and I see people lost. And it, and it is very confusing. There is a lot of toxic distractions out there and it's a dangerous world. And when it comes to our kids, they are vulnerable. That's why I said you have to vet everything that they do to make sure that they're living and they're seeing the world through the eyes that you want them to be able to see in. And when it comes down to it, we have to, we have to put our flag in the ground somewhere and we have to make a decision. And for me, after everything that I've seen in the world, after everything that I've experienced, I've come back to the conclusion that if we do not get our foundation straight with faith, with the understanding of what, you know, people call themselves Christians, but I chal- I've been challenging people on that more and more, and this isn't me judging anybody. It's just me saying, like, look, if this is what you really believe, then you should be living it out in every way possible because it is the only way that we're going to get our kids back on track with understanding what real love means and what real service to other means uh, because at the end of the day, the public school system is not going to teach your kids values. And neither is the guy down the street that's lost and confused and has all the money in the world. Like, there's just, what are you picking as the foundation for your kid to, to fall back on? I mean, at the end of the day, I've got to look in my kids' eyes and say, listen, kids, someday I'm not going to be here. But what always is going to be here is for your ability to follow God and follow what Christ is calling you to do. It's, a, it's something that's laid out for you, that is purpose-driven, that is something that you cannot punch holes in, and it is the best blueprint in the world for you to follow. And I am a thousand percent convicted of that, and nobody's going to break me on understanding that is the best case scenario for anybody, especially my children, to be able to follow a path of, of life and of happiness and joy and impact in the world. I mean, there, I, prove it to me. I mean, I will have a conversation with anybody. You know, it's just people fall back on these things that are kind of shallow. They're kind of not very valuable. They're not, they don't really go anywhere. They don't give anybody guidance or anything to, to fall back on. And ultimately, it's just left to everybody's own opinion. And when you do that and you leave it up to everybody's individual ego, it's like, oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. You know, go out there and be free and just figure out what you want in life. And at the end of the day, you get stuck and locked into your own selfish egos and wants and needs, and it's a very shallow place to be because when the going gets tough, you have nothing to fall back on. And that's my fear for kids these days with so much confusion and lack of direction is that you're not giving your kid anything solid because you're afraid to be judged by the world about how they're going to perceive you of not letting them do their thing. And it's crazy to me. But ultimately... <laughs> You know, this is something that I'm strengthening in myself, and I, really, I, I believe very, very, very strongly, and I think people need to be talking about it more because everybody wants to avoid the conversation. And it's always funny to me because I'm like, well, what do you, what do you really fall back on? You know, what do you really have as a solid foundation in your life? And when you peel back the layers, man, it gets really shallow really quick, and you find a lot of brokenness inside of people. And look... I am working on it every single day, but I think it's important to start having the conversation because if you don't really confront it yourself, then you're going to end up lost like everybody else and you're going to be chasing your tail for the rest of your life with all the distractions that the world tries to give you and you're going to get old and you're going to be like, what did I do in life? What impact did I make that I just chased distractions and shallow crap that didn't add any real value to my family and my future? All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. 
Well said. Yeah, and I've heard it put this way, that the ego stands for edging God out. And I think that that's another one of the big problems that we're facing in our society. Along with the attack, I feel there's an attack on the family life, fatherhood in this country through pop culture. There's an attack on God. Uh, God has been removed from the schools. And I'll tell you what, Hollywood, uh, who seems to be omitting God, they, they have a big mouth when it comes to the gun debate, yet they can't seem to make a single movie without gun violence. I mean, even even the superhero movies that I bring my kids to see, everyone's throwing lead around. So. Um, I know you're a big advocate for the Second Amendment. Uh, I'm sure you've heard all the cries from La La Land. We're right into the middle of award season, which becomes their political platform. What's the story behind Hollywood with such a a political agenda uh, coming from what's supposed to be the entertainment industry? You know, I think, think first of all, just saying the word Hollywood in general, uh, you're already looking for confusion in people that are lost. I mean, I've dealt with some celebrities, and you want to talk about lack of purpose and just living in a complete fantasy world, they have no idea what it's like to be, some do, don't get me wrong, some do, but a lot of them are lost in an artificial world that is very, very confusing and everything's driven by what are you going to do for me and what are you going to make happen. I mean, it's pretty disgusting, actually, when you start digging down to it. So I think the first problem is just saying Hollywood in general. I wouldn't expect to get any real value out of that. But I, I think that it's, it's up to good people to do the right thing. You know, it didn't, take, it didn't take millions of people to change the momentum of what happened in the war in Thermopylae. It took 300 people to be able to go out there and say, uh, nope, this is wrong, and we believe in real freedom, and we're going to stand up for what's right. I got my armor, my sword, my shield, and a spear, and we're going to change the world. And I think people need to think about that. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what movie you're making. I don't care what your status is in culture. If you don't have a deep-rooted faith in what really needs to happen with the traditions and values that have been put here for us to be able to change the world, then you're not going to get anywhere. So, you know, we can talk about the Second Amendment. We can talk about any of that stuff. But, you know, even fighting for the Second Amendment, I realize, and and I'm really not out there doing anything active right now because I realize something, that... It's not about the Second Amendment anymore. Like I always said, the, the NRA was, was uh, you know, they fight for Second Amendment rights, right? That's why, they were, that's why they were stood up. But I always said, it's not about the Second Amendment. It's about all of our rights, and it's about freedom in general. I was like, that's the problem. And I saw that direct fight with everybody in Hollywood, with everybody that's a liberal. The direct fight was not realizing what, why the freedom was so valuable. And it connected itself to everything else. Because most likely if they think that you don't need to have a gun, well, they probably think that you shouldn't be doing something else somewhere in your life too. And it's more of a control thing. And when you really strip all that away, it's, I realize that it's less about just the Second Amendment or any of our rights. I mean, you know, we have inalienable rights that were God-given, and that's what we need to be discussing. We need to be discussing those rights. Like, I have the ability to protect myself. Let's have that conversation first because it doesn't matter what I use or what I decide I need. Like, you do not have control over that in my life. That's my choice, and that's my right, and there's nobody that can say anything different about it. And we just need enough people to be able to stand their ground with real values and foundation to be able to defeat any of that crap. It's all superficial crap. I don't care. People are paying millions of dollars to get these commercials out there, and they're shallow. They're nothing. They, you poke holes in them, and they fall apart. But we need more people that are, are willing to poke holes in them. And I think we just need to have people to have the confidence to stand up and do what's right. And, again, it takes one person at a time, and it just takes doing the right thing. And you do the right thing with the right people, and eventually you get the right results. 
Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder what our society would look like if Hollywood put a ban on gun violence in all of their content and their message became more family-oriented and applauded family values. But since we're on guns, unfortunately, we have seen a rise in school shootings. How do you feel about putting armed guards or police in our school systems? Well, I think anywhere that, where there's a vulnerability, you know, you, the, first of all, you have to remember that guns are going to exist forever. People and the bad guys are always going to find a way to find a weapon to do something bad. It's evil intention. That's not going to stop. And I've always said, look, I'd rather people know how to use them for the right reasons than not know how to use them at all and run away from a reality that exists that's always going to exist. So first and foremost, there are vulnerabilities, and we have to assess those vulnerabilities. There's always going to be good people, and there's always going to be bad people. That's going to that's going to be here forever. And at the end of the day, you have to put good people in the right positions to be able to defend vulnerabilities. I mean, that's never going to change. And when I look at kids, yes, that is the most valuable thing that we could possibly be protecting. And there's small things that we can do to mitigate that. And if you put me, right, and I know not people, people always argue, like, well, not everybody's you. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But it doesn't take much to become proficient enough to know what to do in a scenario to mitigate risk at a huge level. So I think anywhere that you can put good people to be able to protect that care about innocent lives is a good thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There never will be anything wrong with having somebody that would put themselves on the line to protect other people. It's in my DNA. Like, there's so many guys that are warriors out there and sheepdogs and people that just want to do the right thing because that's what we do. We were made to protect each other. We were made, you know, especially as Christians, as the shield of the world. Like, innocent people go behind us, and we put ourselves out in the foreground. You know, we're our enemy that will quickly and without thought put them in front, which is the complete contrast of, of the problem. But at the end of the day, it's it's protecting and understanding the value of life itself. Like, we've been having that conversation a lot lately, like life and love, like just thinking about life in general. You know, how do we start at a young age understanding the value of life? You know, what's going on with these kids and these people that get these thoughts in their head that think it's okay to take another life, an innocent life? And I think that that's something that's a very real conversation that needs to happen at a very root level. You know, I always, I always look at a problem and I say, okay, well, this is good on the outside. This is what's happening. This is the issue at hand. But let's start dissecting, peeling back the layers and really get to the root of the problem. And I can take that problem with school shootings and go right back to faith. Why are you taking God out of the public school systems? Why are you not teaching kids the values that we've been given for so long to love people wholeheartedly without without expectations and without uh the, the need and want for your own needs in life, like literally going out of your way to serve other people out of love. Like that's what Christ teaches. And at the end of the day, without that, you're going to get confused. And you may think it's okay to be like, you know what, taking a life's not a big deal. It's just normal stuff. It happens every day, right? Abortion's fine, so why isn't killing somebody else fine, right? Like it's just, it, you start looking at everything, and I just go right to the core because I'm like, let's attack the real problem. But Anyway, to answer your question, I, I get passionate about this stuff, but to answer your question, I absolutely believe I'm putting good people in the right places to mitigate that risk to our most valuable assets. Well said. Yeah, I agree with you there. I have two kids in public school. I have two in Catholic, and I would have no problem with it myself. Um, I know you referenced a Mother Teresa quote earlier there, and I think another one that applies here that I would like to add is, uh, you know, she was once asked if she would attend an anti-war rally. I think it was for Vietnam, and she said no. 
Uh, but when you guys have a rally for peace, I will be there. And I think it's that, that whole turnaround of the mindset that we need. The, the hatred isn't the answer. Love is. Faith is, and I do have faith that even though there's a lot of negative with this technology, it does give us access to people like you and so many others who are spreading light in this world. And I think, as promised, the light will overcome the darkness. It always will. Listen, I, I want to say one thing because you brought up the technology again. I think this is really important because you brought up Hollywood, you brought up technology, and I think you have to realize like people run businesses, okay? Media runs businesses, Hollywood runs a business. Everything is based off of your emotion and your response. So, The human emotion is very powerful. And basically, Hollywood and the media and news outlets are controlling your emotion. And you have to think of it like that. Like, you have to think of them controlling your emotion. It took me a long time to get my dad to stop watching the news. He's like, I got to know what's going on in the world. I'm like, I know. That's what they want you to think. (laughs) You know? I'm like, if it's that big of a deal, believe me, you'll hear about it. Like, if it's going to affect you personally, you're going to know it. So your next door neighbor is going to be like, hey, something's happening and we got to fix it. But... The media in Hollywood and social media is based and built upon controlling your emotions, especially if you have a hard time controlling your emotions. They've got you hooked. So your children and your kids, we have no idea the effect that putting technology in front of them is going to have in the future. We haven't even begun to get any analytics on that. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is extremely damaging to be like, here, here's an iPhone because you won't shut up. Or, you know what, go play video games or go watch whatever. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you, your kids' brains are being developed for the rest of their lives at such an early age. And I want to smack people when I see them do that because, like, you have no idea the irreparable damage that you're doing on your kid's brain. And when you think about Hollywood and all these things, I reject, I reject every bit of it. I don't watch the news. We don't watch TV in my home. I don't watch anything. We do family... Tonight's family movie night. We get one movie a week, and we get excited about it. We pick it together as a team, and we do it together, and it's super fun. We cook pizza. We do stuff in the kitchen. But it's, it's a routine for us. We are excited about that. But everything else is, is not there. I use my computer as a tool. I use my iPhone as a tool to, to communicate to the world positivity and good messages and faith. And everything else is completely cut off in our lives. My kiddos are not allowed to watch YouTube. I will not let, let them watch anything uh, but, you know, something about faith-based uh, education. And it, it is extremely important that people recognize the damage that you will do to your kids by just watching a simple YouTube video that's not controlled. I mean, I can click on the 9-11 video to be like, you know what, I want to get a little history here about, you know, what happened on 9-11. And then all of a sudden, one video later, I'm watching some con- conspiracy theory crap that's trying to fill my feet up with how somebody thinks something else. And, and it's so convincing about how people put stories together now because they know how to control your emotion. And people have analytics and stories and books written about controlling your mind and your emotion. It's like, it's all over the place. That's all people care about is how can I get a like? How can I get a, a share? Yeah, we can't forget, too, there are billions of dollars at stake with this. Uh, There are people sitting in a room right now, very smart people, and they are planning the next uh, Candy Crush or the next social media platform uh, to keep you engaged and keep you focused on that phone. And the right one means an astronomical amount of money for them. It's crazy. You know... I've got, I've got, we have marketing plans, right? We sit down and talk about it. We're like, hey, what's doing good? What's not doing good? But at the end of the day, I believe in our message and I believe in our our message is faith and honor based. 
in everything that we do. I want people to have the right training. I want people to have the right equipment. I want people to be able to engage and be a better human being. Like, I care about people. So if you don't care, if people don't really understand what love means, then they're not going to care about you. And all they care about is the dollar. And it's so funny how things are controlled that way. Most people, when you define success, will say, well, it's the amount of money you have. It's the amount of status you have, and blah, 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 blah. You know, and at the end of the day, to me, success is strengthening your worst-case scenario in your life. And that's the people that you love. That's the people that are going to be there when you're on your deathbed. That's understanding what your connection is going to be when you leave this world. That's understanding what you have when nothing else is going right for you. And that's what strengthening your worst-case scenario is. And it has zero to do with money. My, my worst case scenario, I could take my kids and my wife and go live out in the woods with a tent and live by a stream and we'd be the happiest people in the world because that's all we need. It has nothing to do with money. So money, yeah, it pulls at us and it, and it has a, a big effect in our lives and we want our iPhone, we want our car, we want our shelter, we want our nice food that we want to eat and we don't, when it doesn't work that way, we get upset and angry, but at the end of the day, like none of that matters. It's, it's strengthening the values of your family and the, the worst case scenario that you have in your life. That's real success. Yeah, I love that. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, all right, Dom, please take a minute to tell my listeners a little bit about Dynamis Alliance, where they can find it, and what else you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I own several companies. I own a training company, equipment company, and apparel company. If you go to crusheverything.com, that's going to give you a great start. You know, it's a lifestyle for us. This is People look at, at the website sometimes and they're like, well, I don't really know what you guys do. And I'm like, well, that's because it's a lifestyle. I want you to train. I want you to have the right equipment. I want you to have the right mindset. So crusheverything.com, they can find a lot of information there. And we just launched a brand new brand, an apparel brand. So if you like badass clothes that are made by tier one operators and guys that have been overseas and done that and it's an all made in the USA, then this is the brand for you because ultimately it's it's the baddest stuff out there and we're just getting started. The momentum's awesome and you know, our margins suck, but you know what? We believe in what we're doing, and I believe in USA Manufacturing to help give back to the people that, you know, have given us <clears throat> the freedom and the foundation that we have here, and I, I want to strengthen that as much as possible. So AdaptiveX.com, that's Adaptive with no E, X.com, then they can go there and check it out, and, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of cool stuff in the works. So the future for both of these is to continue to refine what we can offer people to make an impact. Uh, anything that I do, I want to trigger people. I always talk about neuro-linguistic program, but if you engage with Dynamis or you engage with AdaptiveX, I want people to look at our gear, touch our gear, wear our gear, and, and change the way they think. I want people to change their lifestyle just by grabbing onto what we do and, and thinking about the best version of themselves every single day and challenging themselves in each moment is, am I being the best father that I could possibly be for my children? Am I being the best protector in the world that I could possibly be? Am I loving people as much as I possibly can be to brighten their day up a little bit? Like all those things are so important to me and I want to see people to be able to protect themselves. There's real evil in the world. I've embraced that evil. I always say you have to have a connection to reality with what you're doing and I think it's important to understand how to take that to the next level. You know, we have a backpack that has armor in it. So, you know, some fathers have bought that for their kids going to school. You know, that's a big deal right now. You know, ours is made in the USA, so it's very intricate. But at the end of the day, we, we care about watching people be better. And, you know, the future is exciting. We're going into 2019 with a lot of momentum. We're finding everything that we're doing. And I'm learning every day. I did not start these companies to run a business. And I, I came out to do what I love. 
you know, I was 17 years old and right in the military, so I didn't go to Harvard or any type of business school. So I am completely adapting and figuring out along the way. And I've made, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned so much in the last seven years. And I'm continuing to adapt and learn. And it's a, it's a fun process to go through every day, and I'm really excited for the future. So cool. Yeah, I will include the links to everything you mentioned there in the description of this podcast episode. So guys, I encourage you, uh, just tap the links. You'll find out more about it. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Dom, I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice could you give to that new father or to that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? All right, so I'm going to say two things. First of all, the about-to-be dad, right? We're all going to go through that phase when we have children. And for me, it was, it's so important to maintain the relationship with your significant other, hopefully your wife, in that situation where you're changing. There's going to be changes in your life, and you've had something a certain way for so long, is that things are going to start to develop, and you need to be open-minded to that idea that life is going to change for you now, and you need to embrace that and run towards it. Um, an old Italian couple uh, told me a long time ago that like a relationship isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. So I, you know, my wife and I have gotten to the point where like she can get me mad, she can upset me, but I still love her wholeheartedly and I want to see her happy. This isn't for me, this is for her. And I think when you finally get that to click in a relationship, you start realizing how much more fulfilled you can be because it's not about what you can get out of them, it's what you can do for the other person. So that that process of being pregnant and then also that first year when you have the kid, things are going to be different. You know, when, when my wife was giving me massages, you know, every week, you know, that changes because she has a baby she's got to feed now. And, and you have to be open-minded to that change the first year. Adapt, be, be open-minded, be loving, learn from those experiences. And then after the first year went by for me, I was like, all right, I got this. I got to flow down. We know what we're doing. Then things were a lot easier. Um, the second thing I'll say is that, we like to say lead by example. We like to say lead by our actions. We're like, yeah, we're going to lead by our actions, and we think that we're going to be, you know, great. But <laughs> kids will hold you accountable to that because the way they act and the way they respond is because you're doing it. You've made it okay. And, and you may not see it because you have to take the blinders off. You have to be able to look at yourself. And when kids argue, you're like, why are you arguing? You're like, wait a second. I do the same thing, and, and you have to, and there's an element of that, right? And that's where making them understand, like, look, I'm, some things are just, I'm your parent, and this is a safety issue, and you have to listen to me. I always try to give my kids the why, but leading by example is something that is so important to really live by. Like, assess that and really, really try to implement it and refine it every week. You know, am I doing everything I can to lead by example, by my actions, by how I talk to my wife, by how I treat everybody in the family, by how I treat other people? Because they're watching and they're taking it all in. And at the end of the day, you know, being a father is one of the most important things, one of the most important jobs that we have in the world. And we have to take it seriously. And it has to be a number one priority. And I want guys to understand their role is so, so important. Your difference made in the world is going to be through being a great father and setting that example and knowing that there's no more fulfilling thing in the world that you could possibly do. Awesome, Dom. I love the message. I love your passion. Uh, This has really been a true honor for me. Uh, So, Dom Rosso, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. It's the most important thing we can do. God bless you and, and keep doing what you're doing with your mission and educating people on, on how to do exactly that. And uh, I hope you all the best. All right, guys, I will be right back after a quick spot. 
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dom Rosso for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please get over to Twitter, drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And you guys have got to bring it right back here on Monday. Next week is going to be lit. I got a decorated combat veteran, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West joining me. I have an NFL player who's got the hardware, a Super Bowl trophy, Lombardi trophy, Heath Evans. I got a very successful entrepreneur in the real estate business, Andy Dane Carter. It's going to be off the charts, guys. You don't want to miss out. Please enjoy the weekend with your kids out there and come on back on Monday. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.